Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, and welcome to episode 37 of the Busy Business Women podcast. And I'm Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. And I am very happy today to be talking all things techie with you. Obviously not me because I'm not that much of a technical guru, but today I'm thrilled to have Doreen Brown from Doreen Brown Consulting joining us today to talk all things SEO and digital marketing. Now, Doreen, or Dawes as she is affectionately known, specializes in SEO and has worked in the digital marketing space for over seven years with some really big brands and businesses of all sizes locally and globally. No matter what such your business is, she can help you develop the fabulous roadmap you need to get your online visibility back and on track, which sounds like music to my ears because I've got a few confessions <laughs> later on. Uh, Dawes is a super keen networker, a very smart cookie, and I'm very pleased to have her with us today. So without further ado, Dawes, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Faye. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I was just saying before we started recording, listeners, that uh, the day we're recording is a torrentially, oh, I can't even speak today. It, there's a lot of rain, torrential downpour. It's cold. It's a it's a hump day that's got a bit of a big hump in it. And um, I was just telling Dawes that there's a performance plan that I fill in. And one of the first things it says is, what are you going to do today to um, you know, get your energy up? And what are you grateful for and excited about today? And I sat there thinking, mm, not really sure, not feeling it today. And I was like, I know what it is. It's actually speaking to Dawes on the podcast because yeah. Dawes and I had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago and this lady is full of energy. We bounce off of each other. So already I can feel my energy levels rising. It's like therapy for me today, Dawes. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you can invoice me later. <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> so on this wet, happy hump day, I'm stoked that you're here and yes. I've got a myriad of different questions to um, ask you. So let's get stuck straight in and find out a lot more about you and what you do and and uh, get some of your expertise to help our listeners. So let's talk about your business journey, first of all. Now, you, like me, have worked in corporate for many years before, but your space is definitely digital marketing. Mm -hmm. And you did that for a long time before you became your own boss, right? I did. Why did you decide to leave and go it alone? It actually wasn't a choice. So I was working with um, an agency that was based in Sydney, but we were Mm -hmm. fully distributed. So I was looking after teams that were um, based in Australia and in the US. And then of a Monday morning in early June, I received an email letting me know that um, the company went into receivership and I no longer had a job. So um, after five years of, of being totally and fully committed to that particular business and company, um, my teams, my clients, I was literally left sort of, as they say, holding the baby. So um, I, I guess the universe was like, you know what, this is time. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you're going into your 40s, you've worked in corporate um, and with other businesses, building other businesses for the last 25 plus years. Um, so now is your time to really step into you know, what it is that you want to do, how it is that you want to help and serve people and do it on your own terms. Um, So I kind of felt like this motion and this momentum was starting to build. And then that was kind of like the the shove or the push, you know, in the back um, for me to go, okay, well, I, I kind of now, you know, don't really have time to sit there and think about it. I just need to 
you know, get into it and, and do it. So bite the bullet and bite the so bullet. Tell and me, hard. had you been thinking about being your own boss before that, or did I this sure all was. okay? I sure was. So, um, you know, I guess sometimes when you work for other businesses, you are working with their sort of guidelines and and outline as to how it is that they um, work with clients and and those types of things. And I really did see um, a lack of um, being able to, I guess, serve the the smaller guys. So Mm. a lot of the businesses and and companies that we were working with, you know, were global, were um, national, and and it's kind of like very um, specific, you know, to, to that particular type of um, I guess company or or group and and the little guys I guess missed out so there was always something in me that was like hey everyone should be able to have access to this information and this support not just bigger businesses who have these massive budgets um, but you know the little guys the the ones that are local the ones that are really serving their customers they've got the bricks and mortar type of stores and so I kind of saw a real um, gap you know, in that particular yeah. area um, and just being in this wonderful community that we're in in Wollongong and mm-hmm. starting to go out and starting to network, you know, I, I found that, yeah, these people really weren't being um, serviced or, or supported um, in their own business journey. So that's where my sort of passion, um, you know, came from. And yeah. when that happened, I was like, well, this is a no-brainer. I know mm-hmm. where it is that I need to, to be. I know, you know, who it is that I want to help. Um, and so that's kind of then how that yeah came to be with with launching Doreen Brown Consulting as well. I love that because I didn't know that about you, but I and we'll talk about networking a little bit later on. But yeah. you're so good at connecting with people, and you know you're so well known in our local community, and it makes complete sense that that now I know that was your passion and where you know the driving force came from to set your business up the way that you've done. Yes. And I also love you know it was different for me in terms of me setting my my own business up. But I think great things can come from from other people's businesses going bust. So I'm talking okay. about your kind of redundancy or redundancies. Yeah. I took a redundancy when I was working in London and that was the springboard for me traveling, coming to Australia, retraining, setting up to my own business and 12 years later, here we are. So it isn't always doom and gloom. And I think a lot can come from what can be a very stressful period in your life at the time there's a lot of excitement that you can get from that so if any of our listeners are are listening to this and have been toying with setting up their own business and maybe are finding yourself in similar shoes to doors rest assured that it can be an actually a very positive thing if you uh, get a plan and you've got the skills and you work out how you're going to do what you want to do which leads us to where you're at now doors right so you've been your own boss for two years and I've just found out it's two years this week and I want to pop some champagne calls because (laughs) you know the stats are stacked up against us as small business owners um you know only three percent of businesses make it to five years I have no doubt you'll be making it to five years and way beyond that I don't know what the stats are for one and two years but you know they can be a bit depressing so I think it's so important to celebrate every single year in business, every milestone that you reach. So on that note, quick sideline, what are you doing to celebrate? Because you should be. Yeah, I'm just trying to um, think maybe 
yeah, doing something on the weekend, I, I think just to sort of commemorate that, as you were saying, that that sort of time that felt really negative and felt like that the world was almost, you know, coming to an end for me, but it was really the rebirth of, of me yeah. moving into the next phase and the next stage of my life um, and taking, you know, my kids and, and all my friends and family sort of along with me for that ride. So I'm yeah. sure they'll be still celebrating this long weekend. So it's it's come at a good time. <laughs> and P.S. listeners, Dawes has had three uh, members of a family at home with man flu this week. So combined with reaching two years in business, <laughs> you need to go out and celebrate that, that you've survived this week. <laughs> Okay, so you've been your own boss for two years now, which is an awesome timeline because I know a lot of our listeners are in the early stage of their business and will be able to, you know, relate or look up to you and where you're at in your journey at the moment. What are three of the biggest challenges that you've faced in those two years as a business owner and what have you done to overcome them? Absolutely. So I think first of all, um, it is feeling that isolation Mm. and running your own business can sometimes be a really, really lonely ride. And when you get sort of, I guess, into that mode and and just kind of feeling like, you know, you're doing it on your own, it can be really easy to get negative Nancy in your head um, telling you all the things that you're not so great at um, and there isn't really anyone there reminding reminding you of how far you've come and how well you're actually doing um, to Mm. be doing what you're doing. Um, As you were saying, you know, there's a lot of um, businesses that reach different milestones and then don't quite make it past, you know, a particular mark. Um, But when you get into your own head um, and it's just you talking to yourself each day and being based, Mm. you know, working from home, that can be a really um, difficult you know, thing from a mental health perspective. Um, And, you know, you can still be self-motivated and you've got all the skills and you've got all the knowledge to be able to do what you're doing. But there are just so many elements and aspects to running a business Mm. that, yes, you're an expert in your field, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're an expert at, you know, being your own accountant, um, being your own, you know, all-rounder, like doing all of your own marketing and all of your own networking and all those types of things. So, all One those hats we have to wear, All those right? hats, yeah, mm-hmm. and every day. You need to yeah. wake up and put those different hats on at different times of the day, each and every day. You've just got yeah. to bring it. Um, and so if you're feeling um, isolated and alone, it can be really different, you know, difficult to, to bring it each day because mm-hmm. you're just so consumed, you know, in that space. So one of the things that I did was made sure that I did get out into my local um, community and start to build up um, – you know, some of that confidence again, because Mm. that was the other thing I found that was working from home and being part of a remote team, everything we did was online. So, you know, we Mm. had our jammies on, we didn't have to necessarily have our hair or makeup done. But those little things are so important because yeah. that's what makes you you. And and even brushing your hair and putting a little bit of lippy on and stuff it's so transforming to, to the, the rest of your day and the rest of your week and how you actually feel about yourself and that self-confidence. Um, I so agree with that because, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, quick confession, in this kind of weather at the moment, this sounds really random and odd, but it's very easy for me to just stick in leggings and a big baggy jumper and not bother doing my hair and makeup unless I'm doing a webinar or something. But I honestly notice a big difference in my performance when I'm like tracky-dack, scruffy-fay. 
it's not to say that every day I've got to put makeup on and do my hair and just, you know, present like I'm at an award ceremony, but I do notice the difference if I don't make an effort. And, and you're talking about the isolation at home. You can get into these habits where suddenly you're not performing at your peak. You're not motivated. Your head's in a different space just because of those little things that would never happen if you were going out to an employer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So I made sure that each day there was a routine, you know, it was getting up, having a shower, dropping the kids off, you know, at school, coming home, making sure I've brushed my hair, I've gotten out of my pyjamas and those types (laughs) of things. Um, And then in October of last year, I transitioned and actually got a commercial space. So I now have have to physically get into my car um, Mm. and drive, you know, to my workplace and just be totally focused and, and switched on. But even the car ride, you know, being able to put the music on and and doing a self-performance, mm. like, you know, in the car and having everyone else sort of looking at you like, <laughs> why is this person so happy? And it's like, because, you know, I'm doing it and I'm doing it on my own terms. Yeah. And, and just that 15-minute drive, just, just going from home, you know, to that commercial space you, you can just sort of let your hair down and, and have a bit of a boogie in the car and then get yourself into that really good mood. So by the time you get into the office, you're like, right, I've had my little, you know, wake up for the morning and now I've got my tea or my coffee, I've got my schedule for the day and I'm, I'm ready to go. So it's just doing yeah. little things like that and they might sound really trivial um, and, you know, we're having a giggle about it, but your mental health is is really the most critical and important thing when running your own business because if that's not working right and you're not in the right mindset Mm. everything else is just kind of like that domino effect you know you you get Mm. into a bit of a grumpy mood oh you know this is now not working and now that's not working and then it's just kind of this snowballing of all these you know not so great or negative things whereas Mm. if you just shift that you know mindset like not every day is going to be a great day but you've got to try and at least do little things to, to get you sort of in that, in that mode. Um, Completely. Yeah. And I love that you bring up mental health because we're on episode 37 of the podcast now and so many of these episodes we've touched on mental health from one angle or another and different stories of different people's challenges or just generally like you're saying, you know, if you don't put that first, then everything else is going to topple or fall down. And I think it's so important we can get really entrenched in thinking about sales and leads and funnels and websites and techie stuff and just, you know, our guru space, the things we're passionate about but are not stepping back and thinking about how am I looking after myself so I can perform at my best. Um, Just touching on what you were saying about, you know, for you it's getting out into an office and if people are listening thinking, well, that's not really me, that's okay because that's not really me either. Like I'm 12 years in business and I've always worked from home and I had a conversation recently with somebody that runs a um, uh, a flexible working space and I said, you know, it just isn't something that I want or need. But what I, so if you're listening to this and thinking, yeah, that's, I'm the same fate, that's okay. But I think what I'm mindful of is it's really important for me to connect with people. So I don't need to be in a different office. I don't need to get out of my house, but I am really careful to make sure that I'm talking to people regularly, um, whether this is on a podcast, you know, this gives me so much energy or on my Zoom calls or group coaching calls with clients or on the phone or whatever it is, but taking things offline per se. I'm not talking about an online chat in Facebook 
messenger, but just having proper conversations with people because it does lift your mindset and mental health and gets you reconnecting. So going back to your point about isolation, you don't have to get into a different office for those of you that might not be able to afford it or don't want to, but make sure that you're not feeling isolated because I think you've brought up a brilliant point, Doors, and it's one that you, it's kind of a snowball effect. You start your own business, you work from home, that's what you do, so you're just kind of disconnected from any everybody. Absolutely. Before yep. you know it, you've done it for years and you just kind of lost your mojo and a bit of who you are because you're just on your own most of the time. So sorry, I got into a bit of a passionate rant there, but yeah, no, <laughs> really absolutely. And my my journey from home was, um, yeah, just over six years, and I absolutely um, loved it. And and the way that that commercial space came to be, it wasn't even something that was planned. It was another. Um, you know, specialist who runs her own digital agency who said to me, look, this opportunity has come to be, what if we become roomies and and share this space and we do it just for 12 months just to see, you know, if it works and how we go because we were both based from home. Um, And so we kind of saw it as a bit of a social thing, but we're like halving everything. So absolutely, I think for, for lots of people, you know, being able to work from home or work remotely is still the most ideal thing for them. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think you've just got to do what works for you um, based on everything else that's happening around you too. Um, Having a small, you know, or or young family, you know, from home, for me, it's helped me in that way because I can kind of put my work hat on and and stop being mum for a little while. And then when I'm home, I'm mum again. So for for, again, for my own um, personal well-being, I found that that distinguished, you know, line between being mum and then being um, Dawes, the, the SEO specialist, was, was yeah. a really um, good thing for me too. But everybody has got their own um, way of, of working and, and, and maximising yeah. their time, their budgets and all those types of things. So you've just got to do what's right for you. There's really no right or wrong. And P.S., look at the upside for you this week of having your own office. Husband at home with man flu. You've managed exactly. to escape. I got to get away. <laughs> that is enough of a reason to get your own office. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a bit of hindsight because I love to learn from hindsight, right? Yeah. And there's, you know, when we when I get the opportunity to talk to business owners, I want to know kind of what's gone wrong and how they've overcome it or what they would do differently. Sure. So you're two years down the track of being your own boss. If you were to start from scratch again today, is there anything that you do differently? I think that um, when you're going through the process of setting up your own business for the first time, you're coming across so many different positive and negative things, but it's really important to understand that everything is a lesson um, and things are temporary. So if you're having a really crappy day or a crappy week, you can really um, transform that into into a great day or a great week. Um, It's not going to last. So whilst I'd love to go back in time and change a few things and and some of those not so nice things that I went through, they've also built me up and and given me the resilience to to be where I am today. So Mm -hmm. had those things not happened in the sequences that they did, I probably wouldn't be in the same position or situation that I'm in now, um, not having gone through those particular experiences. So Mm. I really wouldn't change anything. Um, The only advice I guess I would give to someone who's looking to, you know, branch out, so so move from being an employee um, to running their own business, is to really focus on building your brand and your messaging. 
Because I think what happens is when we go into launching our own business, we go into the mode of, I just need to get clients so that I can get some Mm -hmm. income so that I can continue to build the business and grow the business and scale, you know, the business and services, et cetera, et cetera. So I do wish that someone at that point in time had said to me, Doors, that will come. Mm -hmm. All of those bits and pieces will fall into place. But the most important thing that you've really got to do is build your brand and build your awareness because Mm -hmm. people don't know your awesomeness or they don't know the things that you can do unless you go out there and and actually promote yourself and share your message and and share what it is that you do. So, yeah, sometimes we're we're just sort of in that, you know, client mode. Oh, I've got to sit and do sales calls. Oh, I've got to build those funnels. Oh, I've got to do my email Mm -hmm. marketing. But but all of that stuff will come. Um, You've just got to have the patience and, you know, things do not happen overnight. Like I didn't just wake up, you know, the next day after getting that email saying I was unemployed and the next day things were roses. Oh, hells no. It's time. (laughs) It's only one. Yeah, it it takes time to build that momentum, but you've got to have patience and you Mm. can't give up. Even on your darkest days, like today where it's raining, you're not feeling so great, if you just do a couple of things to move yourself forward, just keep moving forward because there's always going to be crap. There's always going to be stuff that pops up (laughs) that you've not planned for. But if you give in to that and you just say, right, putting your hands up and and this is all too hard, um, that's when things are, are, you know, going to come sort of a little bit unstuck and and you you are going to give up because you're like, well, you know, I I just feel defeated. But it's just about moving forward Mm -hmm. and rethinking those negative things. Like if something doesn't go as planned, there's a reason why those things sometimes don't go to plan. It's probably um, protecting you from something that you maybe shouldn't have experienced or seen or or Mm -hmm. gone through at that particular time in your life or in your business journey. I'm a true believer of of everything happens for a reason. The people that you meet, um, the experiences that you have, things that don't go your way, the way that you planned or thought to, just sit back and go, okay, I'm hearing you, universe. There's obviously something yeah, here exactly. that you're trying to tell me yeah. and and I'm going to sit up and I'm going to listen. Mm. Um, and I guess the other thing is being really clear about what it is that you want. So if I was to go back in time and, and, and sort of tell myself, you know, Doors, this is what you need to do, I'd be really... Um, you know, a a little bit more defined as to what it is that I wanted. Because I feel like I was really wishy-washy, like, oh, Mm. I'm going to do a bit of this and I'm going to do a bit of that. And I was trying to stretch myself so far and so wide and so thin that I really wasn't giving any one specific thing all of my focus and all of my energy. I was just really chopped up into a thousand pieces. But about 12 months ago, that's when the penny dropped and I just went, okay, things are probably not moving in the exact direction as I wanted because I've confused the hell out of the universe. I'm telling it I want this and I want this and I want this, whereas I need to be a little bit more focused on maybe two or three key things that I really, really want and I really want to do. And the minute I did that, no word of a lie, it was like the door had opened in the ceiling and all this stuff just started to happen and I was just like... I think I just found the secret ingredient. 
And it was just being really clear on what you want. So much gold there. I yeah. um, My clients and those of you that might have listened to the podcast before and heard me talk about this, I love this book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, it's like, for those of you that are watching the videos, you can see the dog ears in this book. <laughs> but it's all about finding your one thing and really honing in on that and being a specialist on that. And it talks about it more broadly, not just in context of business, but in life. Yep. And it's so true. Like there's so much gold in everything you just said then. And I think, you know, when you're talking about doing lots of different things, so many business owners fall into that trap. And God knows I did 12 years ago for a good few years, to be honest, of just thinking, well, I don't want to narrow myself down too much. And I can do all these different things. You know, my listeners are about to probably thinking, oh, here she goes. She's going to rant on the back niche again. (laughs) But I am. Yeah. Because if you're not clear on the thing that you're really great at and you don't pursue that, like you said, you can confuse the hell out of the universe or more specifically your potential clients that you'd love to be working with because you're doing all of these different things. And often it's in a, whether you're aware of it or not, like a fear mentality of if I niche down, if I make my offering smaller, am I going to have the clients, the cash flow, the income, the profitability that I want? So I don't think I am, so I want to keep it broad. And it's actually completely counterintuitive. So I love that you shared that with us because it's interesting when I talk to people and they share that kind of story with me and same for me, it's like a rite of passage that we need to go through and experience that pain. Despite how many people could tell us, don't do that. Because until you've done it to varying different degrees, Mm -hmm. you're not going to realize how powerful it is. And for me, you know, I lost a lot of money as a result of, being told to do that, but not listening to great advice. So for our listeners, you know, your path doesn't have to be months or years. It could just be a couple of weeks if you choose for it to be. But I think it's great advice, Doors. And the fact that, like you said, you know, it's like this door opened, the light bulb shone, and suddenly things just started dropping into place. Yeah. That's the impact it can have. It's significant, right? Sure is. I also loved what you said at the very start there. It was very calming to say it's temporary. You know, the stuff that might not be working, it's temporary. So to not get caught up in what could be the drama of it, it's not going to go on forever. Take action, recognise that you're just going through this period of time and you'll come out the other end. And also just knowing that things won't pan out how you want them to all the time. Things will go wrong. And I am a complete believer as you are of things happen for a reason I find myself with age now saying it more and more often thank you universe thank you universe yeah and realizing like what is this trying to teach me right now mm-hmm. you know um, instead of taking things that go wrong personally like for example if I launch a program and I don't get the amount of people on it that I want instead of going well fail your shit or fail you don't know your stuff <laughs> or no one wants to work with you or no one likes you or there's a load of other people better than you and all of that internal dialogue can be sure. so self-destructive Instead, I look at it and go, okay, what is this trying to tell me? Did I not have my social media plan in place? Did I not get enough leads into my email list so not enough people knew about it? Like practical steps that point to why that thing went wrong. And then thank you, universe, because that just taught me a whole load of stuff about email marketing or digital marketing or whatever it happens to be. Exactly, yes. And it just takes the pressure off. We don't have to persecute ourselves then because it's just a process and it's temporary, like you say. So thank you. Lots of gold there. Right, now, you gave me a brilliant segue earlier on and I just had to talk about that stuff, so I've just completely moved on from it. But I wanted to talk to you about networking because you are an avid networker, a very good networker. 
and a keen networker, right? And the first time I met Doors listeners was she was helping run a women's networking group that I went to, went to one of their launch events. And she's now running the LinkedIn local networking group here in Wollongong, which is awesome. So Doors, I'd love to get inside your mind and really understand your approach to networking because you are a good networker. And I'd like to know, you know, what is it that you want to get out of an event when you go to one? And how do you make sure that those events are in a valuable use of your time? Because, you know, I think sometimes it can be a bit hit and miss. And a lot of people are kind of big generalization, but not anti-networking, but they, they don't have the right approach. They don't get much out of it. So they feel like they've just spent money on a ticket, talked to maybe one or two people and stuck by them the whole time had a glass of wine, a few canapes and gone home. And when they really look at the outcome for their business or what they got out of that experience, it wasn't really very much. So their, their feeling about networking isn't that positive. But I know that I'm sure you'll have a completely different view. And I do too. So that's why I'm pleased you're here. I'd also love to know how networking's helped your business. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few um, questions. Yeah, sorry, I just threw oh, a whole okay. diary, <laughs> basically. I'll <laughs> try and break them down a little bit. So what do I look to get out of networking? Um, for me, it really is about relationship building. So it's not mm. the quantity, it's actually the quality. Mm. Um Again, when you're running your own business and it, it can feel quite isolating, so if you don't have, you know, big teams and, and all that kind of infrastructure in place. And it is a, a one-man show. So you're running your business yourself again. It can be quite easy to surround yourself with um, people who are not really aligned to you. Mm. And they may have different perspectives or different goals. Um, and so you can kind of feel like you're on different pages. You know, yeah. their main goal might be to be the next, you know, billionaire in their particular industry or market, whereas you're more about serving and helping people and, and running a sustainable business, but you don't necessarily need, you know, your name up in light. So mm. it's really important that when you do um, – you know, approach net networking that you understand um, what your goal is that, you know, when, when going there, is it about just to build up your, your email database and, and your mm -hmm. list to get as many business cards as you want? Or really, is it about quality? And for me, it's about, it really is about quality. So finding um, those little gold nuggets, um, you know, in those bigger groups, and it's not yeah. necessarily about meeting every single person that's there, but it's finding the right people that align with you because it's those relationships that help you build your business. Yeah. So even though, yes, it's, it's me and I'm, you know, Doreen Brown Consulting and it's my business, I haven't built this business on my own. It's through the support that I've received through my community, through my networks that have made Doreen Brown Consulting what it is today. It, it's really not just about you. It's about the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Um, so, true, yeah. so I think that's a key yeah, goal that when you're going there, um, it might just be one or two people, but if those people are quality people and, and I've met, um, you know, people through networking and yes they've become clients but they've also become lifelong friends like I mm. can't imagine my life now without them because when I'm having a, a crappy day I can pick up the phone and go you know what this is happening to me right now and it kind of is a bit you know poopy but but <laughs> I just need someone to talk to and let it out and usually they've gone through something quite similar or mm. they can give you some support and advice as to okay well this is you know something that you can do to, to resolve 
resolve it or, or to fix that situation. So it's having those um, really good I guess, pillars and, and people that you can rely on, you know, during the, the great times to help you celebrate, but the not so great times when, you know, something um, hasn't gone the, the way it's it's planned. Um, yeah. The other thing that networking, I guess, and the reason why I wanted to bring LinkedIn local to Wollongong was, A, we weren't on the map, um, mm. so it wasn't being held here. And we've got so much talent and so many clever people in our community here that um, it was just a way to be able to represent and have them, <laughs> you know, really be um, known and, and heard and seen. Yeah. Um, but one of the main things, you know, people are going out of their way or they're spending their time to come and spend it with you. Mm. Time is one of those things that you just cannot put a price on because it's not like money. You can lose money one day and make it back the next. Yeah. But time is a resource that you can't get back once you've given it. Well, yeah, don't even once, get me started about time. Yeah, and so once it's right. gone, I am too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really mindful that if someone is going to, you know, make that commitment to buy that ticket and come to a LinkedIn local event, that I want them to leave with something of value. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's about meeting new people, but it's about walking away with something that they didn't know before they arrived and it's something that they can then implement into their business. So those particular events um, are being created to, to help people with components or parts of their business that they need some extra support in. So, for example, um, the last event that we ran in May, um, I did a little sort of mini workshop on, you know, LinkedIn and running a business page on LinkedIn and how to optimise that. So, what is the right. purpose of having a LinkedIn uh, business page? What are some of the things that you can do to get more visibility for your business page? And what are some of the goals that you can create around having an actual strategy and plan on building that profile on that particular social platform. Damn, so, I wish I was there. Yeah, That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, people got handouts. Um, they've now got a plan that they were yep. able to take back into that their business that week. And so many of them messaged me and said, Doors, I had no idea that any of that even existed. Mm. And these are the three things that I'm doing this week as part of you know, that particular mini workshop that you did at the LinkedIn local event. And that's what Mm. it's all about. Um, It's not for profit. So it's not being run as a side business or anything like that. It's literally paying for your ticket. So we've got a nice venue that we can go to. We've got some nibblies, we've got some drinks, but um, you're also getting something of value and you're walking away um, with some little nuggets that you can then put into your particular business. Um, Because I'm I'm the same as a bit of the feedback that you mentioned before about networking or anti-networking is you feel like you're going there, you're meeting people, you're having something to eat, you're getting a couple of business cards, but you haven't left with a different awareness as to what you did when you walked into that particular networking event. And there are different goals for each of those groups. So they've all got something unique and different and they do hold value in their own ways. For Mm. me, Um, I really want to be able to walk away with new knowledge or new tips or skills that I can go, that was worth the two hours of my time away from my family, away from my kids. So I'm not reading books with them or tucking them into bed, but I know I took away something of value. So it kind of, you know, it it, it has a space, it it has a place for, for, you know, 
the worth of it, I guess. Which, which, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so the same. I love that you talk about, you know, coming away, taking away something from it. I, the speaker or the, the content in a networking group is really important to me. I suppose I look at it as part of my development and my learning. So I don't want to go to events where I think, oh my God, is that what you're going to talk about? Or I'm going to, like you say, give up two hours of my time, not tuck my girls into bed and I'm going to listen to this topic which I've got no interest in or don't even think is vaguely business related. That's the things that turn me off. Also, you know, I think you hit on a very important point at the start with networking. It should be about quality over quantity. And in the early days of being a business owner, I think I fell into the quantity um, bracket for a little while. You know, I'd, I'd gone from corporate on the Friday, like you had, to then on the Monday starting my business, no clients, no income. So I'm like, right, I've got to get out there, meet new people. I yes. remember going to lots of speed networking events in Sydney where you'd meet maybe 40 people and it's literally zooming up and down the room giving business wow. cards out. Yeah, And I did make some amazing relationships and, and very lucrative ones actually with joint ventures and strategic alliances. But uh, and I wouldn't undo that at all. But there was also a significant amount of time spent on quantity, which didn't turn into anything later on. It didn't, I don't mean it had to be dollars, but it wasn't, you know, even a vague connection in terms of no like or trust, want to even get to know that person's business or anything more about them. Yes. So I, I love the, the angle that you come from, that it, you should be looking to make connections and also that those connections won't necessarily be the people that end up clients of yours or doing anything to do with your business, but they may be the people that refer someone else onto you. And just because they've got to know you and you've actually built up a proper relationship that they understand what you do and are happy to recommend people to you. But it's a long game, right? It doesn't come in a half an hour event and a business card swap. No, and not every person is your person. No. That's the other thing. You're going to meet people that are not going to be the right fit for you or for your business and that's okay. Yeah. It's really not about changing someone's mind or making them your person. They, they're, <laughs> they're either your person or they're not, but it yeah. just allows space then in your business to bring more people onto the bus, um, which is something that, you know, was shared with me about 12 months ago um, when I was having a heart-to-heart with someone that I'd met through a business, you know, networking group and they were like doors not everybody deserves a seat on your bus some people just need to be you know what I mean like shown shown the exit sign and 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 given the the steps down um to to (laughs) catch somebody else's bus you've got to be really mindful and protective of your space because it's that vibe that you're then also bringing into your business. And if it's not the right fit, um, they could be paying you as many dollars as, as they have, you know, mm. but that's not what it's about, you know. So, mm. so that's another important thing. It, it's, yeah, not about the, the quantity. It's about finding quality but finding, you know, the right fit for you because not everybody's going to like you and that's yeah. okay. Exactly. I really struggled with that over the past, you know, 41 years of my life that, oh, you know, everybody has to be, you know, all rainbows and unicorns and everyone has <laughs> to love each other and all this. No, this is not life. This is not reality. And I can tell you it's not reality even more so when you run your own business because yeah. everyone's got opinions and ideas and they either, as I said, they either like you or they don't and you've got to be okay with going. That's okay. 
and you're going to be judged more because to Absolutely. be promoting your business, you've got to be out there. Yep, you do. Visibility is important. Sure. I love that. I've just written down bus because I need to remind myself of that. I love yeah. the analogy. Um, and sometimes if you let the wrong people on the bus, they're really painful people to have on your bus. And you it's like you never speed. Have. It's like and that's hard to get them off. Yeah. yeah. Is it that Keanu... Keanu Reeves, I think yeah. that, that moving speed, that, that's the vision that comes to my mind. Completely. People on the bus. Yep. I really love that analogy. I'm going to use that a lot. Completely <laughs> from you. Thank you. You're welcome. I only want the right people on our bus, ladies. That's it. All right. So when you've got the right people on your bus and you're working with people that you love, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gathering you've got a thriving business, you've got kids, a husband, you've got a lot of balls to juggle. Um, you know, that can be a tough gig in keeping everything running smoothly in your business and your life. What tactics do you use, Doors, to be as productive as you can be? Because I think you and I are on very similar people. We, are. we really um, value our time. Yes, and I we do. Get shit done, right? So yeah. how do you do that? Get how do you make done. it happen? <laughs> yeah, and the, the best way to get that shit done is really to have a schedule and be be fluid and be flexible. As we know, things don't always go to plan um, in the calendar, but you do Mm. need to set yourself up for success. And if you don't have a roadmap and a plan to keep you on some kind of track, what you're going to find is that you're going to end up feeling really overwhelmed. Mm. Um, It's all going to seem a little bit too hard because you've not broken things down into little chunks. I'm all about the chunks. I need to know day to day, ahead of time, yes, I can shift things, you know, and move things around. But for the most part, everything is scheduled in my calendar. I've even got my time, my family time scheduled scheduled in my calendar. So this is the component that I need to do for the business. This is the personal or or private time that I, you know, need to do with my family. Um, Everything is literally mapped out because if I don't feel like I've got some kind of direction as to where I'm going, you know, I do suffer from anxiety. And so I feel like that little monster inside starts to build up to the point where it's going to to burst. And again, when you're in that state, you can't do anything. You know, you're, you're in the bottom part of the funnel where this part here, there's just no room to be creative. Um, you can't, you know, really bring it each day. So you've mm. got to always be at the top of that funnel because when you're there, that's when you are at your, your maximum. Like you can be creative and you can do all the wonderful things, but you've got to have a schedule. Yeah. It's not about I'm going to wake up today and I think I'm going to, you know, do a few of these things. It's really about planning and it's about planning ahead of time, um, but also then knowing that some of those plans you might have to shift and and chop and change like we we did when we were planning this particular podcast. You know, it was like, hey, let's check our calendars and let's find something that, that works for for both of us based on those schedules Mm -hmm. and it's moving things around so that you can fit in these um, awesome, you know, bits that that are unexpected or unplanned. Um, But again, going back to that and, and making sure that you've plotted out exactly what it is that you need to do particularly when you've got, you know, a lot of clients that you're currently working Mm. with. You want to make sure that you're still giving them that high level of of care and service and personalised service, which is what my business is all about. Mm. So if I didn't have that schedule, I really wouldn't be able to, to perform at that particular level. So it's so important. 
you are super organized and I'm the same I I'm just thinking as you're talking because I do the same everything's in my schedule if you and you know I don't think it matters whether it's online or a paper diary whatever floats your boat but if you were to look in my diary today you know exactly what I was doing and when and what I've been surprised by over the years and obviously productivity is my jam it's my obsession Mm. love it and what I'm always surprised at is how many people don't actually use their diary for anything other than actual physical meetings with clients so if you looked in their diary you'd see that they're meeting Joe blogs at 10 o'clock or whatever they you know the appointments they've got but there's nothing else put in there and as you were talking I was starting to think and you, you know saying about anxiety I could almost feel it rising in my chest of imagine if I didn't have any of that stuff in my diary and I just started my day with a blank sheet and that fills me with absolute dread same because there's no way you can be productive and get the important stuff done with it all swirling around inside your head trying to remember it. No matter how great your memory is, things will get overlooked. And, you know, it's like the capacity of your computer. You've got this RAM in your computer, right, the space it can take. Your brain's the same. So I always think about offloading the mental RAM, getting it into my schedule, knowing as I look at that what I need to do and when, and not just physical appointments with people, but also this is when I check my emails, this is when I do my social media posts, this is when I'm going to do a Facebook Live, this is when I do X, Y, and Z. And it's not as crazy as I then make it sound, it really isn't. But that gives me so much calm and, you know, control. I am a bit of a control freak, but I know what I'm going to do and when. And you're exactly. doing pretty much the same by the sound of things. Exactly. And and I think that's incredibly important, particularly when you are based from home. And that was a skill that I've, you know, been able to, to take on um, as the years have sort of rolled on. But I think that's a really critical you know, part because you could have a sink full of dishes and you need to stack the dishwasher. You might need to go and vacuum or mop that floor. Or, But if you start to do those types of things and you're not <laughs> sticking to a schedule, yeah. soon enough, you'll be finding you're spending lots of late nights trying to play catch up because you didn't respond to those emails. You didn't do your social media scheduling and planning and all those types of things. Yeah. So I think that's even more critical because um, there are so many other distractions that you know, form part of, of the luxury of, of being, I guess, working from home. Yeah. Um, so it's incredible and it's helped me so much to just stay on track and keep me motivated. You know, you're your own cheer, cheerleader. You've got to have your mm. own sort of pom-poms going. And if you get off track and you're going, oh, yeah, I'll do that later, you know, sometimes later just doesn't doesn't happen. Doesn't it doesn't happen. come. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm smiling because recently, maybe a few months ago or something, I, I went on a complete crazy rant about no one should be allowed to hang their washing out when they're supposed to be working. <laughs> but it was more of a, you know, an analogy on exactly what you were just talking about. You know, yeah. if you're if you're working from home, you have all these distractions around you. Make yeah. sure you focus on what is important in your business and trust me, it's not hanging washing out. That's and so it. when you've got that schedule and you look and think, well, I should be calling those clients right now or I should be doing this X, Y, and Z, does hanging my washing out or what insert whatever thing is distracting you right now come into play and help me get to where I want to be? And you talked about a roadmap. Does it help me get further along that roadmap? Hell no. Hanging out the washing doesn't. It doesn't. At all. <laughs> But anyway, I will uh, calm my farm because I'll just get ranty pants about that. Now, I want to talk about your guru space, which is SEO. Yes. Uh, first up, can you tell us what SEO is? Because I don't want to make the assumption that everyone knows or is clear on what it is. And also, I'd love you to define digital marketing because these are the, the guru spaces in the world of Doreen Brown. So sure. hit us with it. 
Sure. So I guess um, this this can turn out to be quite a long conversation and so I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. But SEO really is about getting your visibility online for the long term. So a little bit different to say running paid ads. Mm-hmm. Um, when you create and and you know post an ad, there's an on and off switch. And so SEO is one of those things where there is no on and or off switch. It's something yeah. that you're creating and doing for that long-term visibility of your brand and of your business. So, um, you know, if you've got an ad and you've uh, posted that and it's live and then you switch it off, that particular visibility, you know, you disappear from that particular mm-hmm space because you're no longer switched on. Um, So SEO is really about building that presence so that it's, you know, going to be there for the long term. Um, And I guess that might be, you know, something that not everyone is aware of Mm -hmm. in that even if you did SEO, let's say, for example, you know, for six months, if you stopped for a month, um, it's not recommended or ideal, but you're not going to completely disappear off the face of the earth. You're still going to have a presence online that will be there, you know, when users are searching for your particular product information or service. So just to get really basic with this... Uh, because I, why I'm asking this is because when I started my first business, so 12 years ago, I had a mentor who worked in the same corporate business that I'd come from right. and was really, really helpful in terms of helping me with my website and my SEO. Mm. So I really had my head around it from a layman's point of view, not an expert like you. But I, you know, I had my head around it for a long time. But then social media appeared and you know, I got more and more involved in social media and spent less and less time. Whilst I was still blogging and being mindful of keywords, I let things slide. Mm-hmm. And then, full confession, when I took the business coaching arm out of my first business and created Busy Business Women, there is no SEO behind mm-hmm. my website whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone sounds horrified. <laughs> But I reckon that I'm not alone, and you tell me if I've got this totally wrong and I'm in my own little sad camp in the corner, but I reckon that it's possibly something that people overlook more now than they did 12 years ago because we have all of these other channels to get in front of people. So from my experience, there's this false sense of security that maybe you don't need to worry so much because you have got a Facebook account and you have got an Instagram account and you're building up your email list. So why worry about your website being visible, particularly if you've got a business like mine that has been really driven by referrals, recommendations, um, my network. So that's why I haven't, but it's on the to-do list. Yeah. So everything you're saying there, yeah, is on point. So there has been a huge shift with the introduction of social media within the sort of four to five um, years just gone mm-hmm. by. So once upon a time, um, web- websites were kind of like the be all and end all um, and you would do everything to build your business from that particular, you know, platform. Yeah. Then once social media got introduced, there was a huge shift with businesses um, building their strategies and plans completely focused around social media platforms mm. that they've, you know, they've then neglected and forgotten that their websites are actually their biggest digital asset. Um, So social media, email marketing, um, funnels, 
all of those things should absolutely be part of the marketing mix. Um, and it's not to say that you shouldn't do those or that those are bad things and, you, and, you know, you shouldn't um, build them into your marketing strategy. You absolutely should. Um, but SEO is one of those things that, again, um, is going to give you that long-term visibility. So, if you stop with your email marketing, if, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or, or you know, the, the Facebook and Insta, Instagram um, owners decided that, hey, we're shutting this all down. Yeah are you left with? And, mm. and this is, I guess, what's concerning for me is that a lot of the businesses and business owners that come to me have done exactly what you've just said, that example. Yeah. They started off looking at their website and blogging and SEOing it and all the rest of it. But because of the introduction of all of these other channels coming into play and everyone kind of jumping onto that bandwagon, mm. um, things like SEO have been put sort of at the bottom of, you know, the, the barrel. And everything else has, has, you know, been placed as a priority. Um, But as we saw on the 14th of March just this year, Mm -hmm. both Facebook and Instagram went down and people were were pulling their hair out because they were like, oh, my goodness, like how long is this going to last? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they couldn't post information. They couldn't... um, place ads, they couldn't do all of these things. And that's something that I guess I really want to highlight is that if if these other channels were to be taken away when you woke up the next day and you've not used your website um, to build your strategy and your planning, what are you going to be left with? Um, And and so using those channels to support what you're doing from a website level because your website is something that you control. If you want to post something, if you want to post a blog, if you want to update a page, if you want to change your images, if you want to optimise for something specifically, there isn't anybody telling you you have to follow this particular rule or you're only allowed to post on this time at this day. You've got full control. You are the driver of your business and of your website. So it's really about, I guess, re-education and transitioning people back to the mindset that, you know, you control your website, you don't control things like social media. Mm. So look at those channels as a supporting, um, you know, way of being able to build what you're building on your website and leveraging that through those different platforms. Um, But they certainly should not be, you know, the be all and end all because we don't have control over those platforms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see it every day that they're updating their terms, their conditions, their algorithms and all that kind of thing. So if you're Mm -hmm. really looking for that long-term online visibility, and I know it works because I've launched my business in the last two years and locally you know I'm visible for my clients through local SEO so the other thing I would suggest is not to follow fads but to follow facts there's always going to be new things that pop up in the digital marketing world you know like when Facebook lives started and you know stories started and all the rest of it you know look at look at the outcome look at the stats, look at the data. Um, Don't spend so much time building and creating things that are not going to provide a return on that investment of your time and money. Something like SEO has been around for, you know, many, many, many years before Mm -hmm. I even got into this particular space. 
and it works and it's been working for a really long time. Um, you know, there's sometimes suggestions of, oh, is SEO dead? And SEO is not dead, but just like every other digital marketing channel, it's evolving because yeah. online users are getting more savvy. Um, they're, they're more smarter when they're going through and doing particular searches and things like that. So it's about being able to show up for the people that are looking for your information, your product and your service right when they need you. Um, yep. And SEO is one of those things that can absolutely provide that type of visibility for your business. Completely. I love how passionate you got about that because I, I talk do. to my clients about don't rely on social media. You know, I, obviously I'm not a, so, uh, an SE guru. I'm not even vaguely an expert or knowledgeable on it at all, clearly from my confession. But what I talk about is, you know, building your email list and how important that is because that's the thing that you own. And if Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever you're using goes away, you still own that email list just as you still own exactly. your website. And it is the long game, but I think when people start their businesses, they get excited and they're grabbing at the shiny, sparkly things. And you're talking about, you know, different things that appear, recognize where your key channels are and focus on those over the long term. And don't think about just this week or this month, but coming back to what you said about your business roadmap, know where you're heading, what the key steps are that you're going to take to get there and focus on those. And don't get distracted about by all the other shiny, sparkly things that are coming out because as fun as they may be, they're probably not going to get you to the end game that you want. Exactly. So I love it. We are so on the same page and we could get very passionate and ranty pants about these things, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk more about SEO. As I've said, you know, full confession, I've done very little regarding SEO for my business. I am, I did um, I put some kind of plug in Yoast onto my WordPress website <laughs> and I have been more mindful over recent months, but yep. I so need upskilling. Mm-hmm. So do you think that you know, coming off the back of what you just said, do you think that SEO is important for all types of businesses? Because I really get it. You know, if you've got an online store, you want people to be Googling and finding your website, right? Um, Or do you think that there are some businesses, for example, like possibly like mine, that don't really, you know, can get on as well without it? I think no matter what type of business you have, the size of business that you have, um, SEO will always be one of those things that you can apply to any business. It really does not matter because SEO is one of those things that also integrates other components of the digital marketing world. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like being able to build up your brand and build up your brand message. You can do that through SEO. Who yeah. doesn't want to have their brand and their known their name known and, and recognized and being found online by mm. again people who are looking for your product or service? Um, and that was one of the things that I guess was difficult with me when I launched my business was as you were saying before, you know, finding your niche. Because I've worked with companies of all shapes and sizes, um, and it's really not limited to to turnover or the types of things that you sell or do you have to have an e-commerce store online in order to do do SEO? No, absolutely not. There Mm. are so many components of it that there is, you know, two, three, four, five, ten that you can actually apply to your business and you can do that starting today. Um, So it certainly isn't 
isn't, yeah, specific to, to anything. And that's why, you know, when creating strategies and plans, it really isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, something that, that clients or potential clients will say to me, well, Doors, what kind of plans or packages or things do you have? And that's when I say to them, everything that I do is customised because we're all starting from a different starting block. You know, yeah. you could have run 100 metres and I'm still at the starting line. Mm-hmm. So what I would provide to you as a recommendation isn't going to be relevant, you know, for the person who's already 100 um you know, meters down the track. So we've really got to align um, those particular activities to that specific business and that specific person because they're going to have their own independent goals for their business and that's going to look very different to the person that's possibly, you know, sitting next to them. Um, So it doesn't, yeah, it it really doesn't matter the size, the shape, um, how long you've been in business, whether you've had a website for five years or five minutes, there are elements that will always be applicable um, to, yeah, you know, to your business and to your online presence. I will consider my ass having been kicked. This is really good. <laughs> There's lots of stuff being, that, being added to the to-do list right now. Um, yep. So for, you know, potentially people like me, possibly this is really self-serving. What are the top three SEO mistakes you pee? You, you, pee, you do not pee anyway. <laughs> people make, sorry. <laughs> um, the top three one that the top one would be inconsistency so feeling really really excited and thinking yes I'm gonna get on this SEO you know bandwagon and I'm I'm gonna start doing things and then they'll do things for about a month or two and then they stop and so the feedback then you know from that um example is it doesn't work SEO doesn't work. And I always say to people, you know, it's no different to joining the gym. If I join the gym and I join the gym for two months and then I just stopped, Mm. I'm not going to have this magnificent, wonderful body for the rest of my life until I turn 80 or 90 years old. Yeah? It's just not going to happen. So you've got to understand that SEO, like all of the other, you know, marketing, digital marketing channels, is something that you need to do consistently. You Mm. cannot do it for a couple of months and then think it's done. So it's not a set and forget process. And that's another top thing I think that people um, mistake is that they go, oh, I've added all the behind the scenes things through Yoast, like my metadata and I've updated my image alt tags and I've, you know, created blog content. So now I'm done. Mm. You're not done. Because what that means is that once you stop, um, everyone else keeps moving forward. So there's always going to be other businesses, other competitors, other services that are out there that are not stopping. So if you've just done it for that particular time and you press the pause button, what you'll find is everyone else is moving ahead. And by the time you go to jump back into that race again, you're now playing catch up. So, so you've got off your bus, haven't you? The you bus have. Is moving you have, and you've got you off have to keep moving, even if it's a little, you know, a little bit by a little bit. Um, you don't need to have a massive marketing budget. So that's another misconception about SEOs that you've got to have this, you know, great big marketing budget and I can only do it if I'm a corporate and et cetera. No, you mm. don't. There are things that you can do starting today um, that, that will help you on that SEO journey. Um, but the third thing that I see a common mistake is people not having having a strategy and a plan mapped out. So they're doing things willy-nilly. I'm going to do a little bit of this. I'm going to do a little bit of this. But there is no, um, you know, 
like detail as to what it is have you that you've done where are the gaps you know what are the things yeah. that you need to then continue to do so you absolutely need to have a strategy and a plan that you stick to on a daily weekly monthly yearly basis um, and also knowing that it's not set in stone so a lot of the business owners that will come to me have, um, for example, started up in the first 12 months and then through the process of evolving and growing as a business, some of their business services and products change. Yeah. And so SEO is beautiful for that um, reason in that you can shift your direction and you can move um, things into a, a completely different, you know, space mm. based on the way that your business continuously evolves and grows. Um, right. So nothing is set in stone. Yeah. Um, once you do something, it really is a matter of then, you know, reviewing that that information, reviewing the data that you can see as a result of uh, implementing those changes. Mm -hmm. And if you do decide to move the bus in a different direction and you're heading down a different road, that the SEO component can support you in, in, in moving, you know, in that different direction and moving forward. Yeah. Listening to you talk, every, it, there's so many parallels with what I do with my clients and you do. You know, yep. when you're talking about them sort of jumping from one thing to another and not having a plan. I have that same conversation in the context of marketing generally. Yeah. You know, don't just post on Facebook for a couple of times or send an email out once a month and not have that consistency. One of my favorite phrases is ordinary things consistently done produce extraordinary results because you don't need to have rocket science to make your business boom. But often it's just doing the simple things consistently and playing, you know, we talked a lot about being in the long game, yes. making sure that that's where your headspace is at and not just jumping around and grabbing at different things because you've got a bit bored and you need that dopamine hit. Exactly. It's actually about doing the things that work and doing them consistently. So it's an awesome reminder. Thank you. And SEO is a marathon, not a sprint. So when we're yeah. talking about the long game, this, you know, digital marketing channel really is about that. It's about that long-term visibility. Um, it's not going to work. If you implement something today, um, the magic isn't just going to mm. sprinkle, you know, over your website. Tomorrow you're going to wake up and have, you know, a thousand leads, but it's about building that long-term um, yeah, visibility and making sure that you're there so that if the other channels, touch wood and I hope they don't, but if those other channels were to disappear, you know, you need something else to support you so that you don't disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah. And I reckon, you know, talking about that dopamine hit and I reckon, you know, with social media, you can fall into a false sense of security that when you're posting on social media and you're getting some level of engagement, even if it's just a few likes, that you can almost feel like you can see the traction. And so it seems very immediate and it's very self-satisfying, whereas I don't necessarily know that you'd get that feeling from SEO. So I can see how people have, you know, over the years, the, the market and the way that people are approaching SEO has really shifted. But yet when you talk, think about it, are you in business for the short haul or the, you know, the short term or the long haul? Yes. What are your goals and objectives and what are you, where are you focusing your time? Because just because you're getting a few likes on Facebook or Instagram doesn't mean that people are going to your website 
and buying from you and that you're there for the long term. That's exactly right. And I talk about ego. So when Mm. I go through my SEO training, so I work with clients one-on-one, I run workshops and ego is one of those things that I actually touch on um, when we're working through the strategy and planning because we tend to um, feel all the warms and and fuzzies because we're getting likes or comments. But is that actually um, turning into a conversion? Mm. So are people reaching out to you as a result of what you're posting and saying, hey, you're someone that I really like to work with? Or is it a matter of just building your brand so that they then can come to your website that's been correctly optimised and find (laughs) your products and services and then decide to, you know, to work with you or ask about um, what it is that you can do and how it is that you can help? Um, But I certainly agree with you. I I think that we get trapped into the, oh, I'm getting, you know, 50 likes and so that must be a positive indicator but at the end of the day if those likes are not converting into inquiries or leads or any form of sort of contact or communication it really is just um you know nurturing the ego more than anything else it's not translating into a return of investment of your time and money that you've put into creating this great big um plan for for social media and that's great but if there are no conversions then you've really got to take a step back and go okay how can I best use my time so it's done from a strategic perspective and so that I'm actually seeing you know that time and that money translate into results yes Um, and that is absolutely key yeah Yeah. I rant on to my clients about testing and measuring because you can fall into the trap of thinking that something that you're doing is great just based on gut feel but when you test and measure it and actually get into the numbers the reality can be very very different very different and I'm sure yep. there are a few listeners right now going oh yeah that I've been chasing the ego I mean you know a full confession I've definitely done that too I think we and, all have yeah, yeah. I'm, my hands nice. up get the warm and fuzzy so like yeah. oh yeah this is great yeah but the reality of whether it's actually creating profit and income in your business uh, could be very, very different. So thank you. That's a good wake-up call for many, I'm sure. Certainly got my um, cogs in the wheel <laughs> turning. All right. So for those listeners who might be sitting there listening to this and thinking that your ben- your business could benefit from some SEO loving like myself, um, the good news is that Doors is going to be our Shine Masterclass expert for this month. I joke and say that the Shine Masterclasses are self-serving, but often they are and this one definitely is. <laughs> Um, So Dawes is going to be taking us through SEO for small businesses and solopreneurs. And during this masterclass, she's going to um, share with us what SEO is and what it isn't, keywords, but not as you know them, the difference between quality content versus lots of content, which I love the sound of because we're all, you know, so many of us are time poor. You don't need the, it's like networking, right? We don't need the the Um, lots of it. We just need the quality, but what actually is that? Then how to support your website goals with other digital channels. And then the key things you can start working on on your SEO plan today. So you're going to be able to put Dawes' advice into action very, very quickly from this masterclass. So if you'd like to join us for the masterclass or listen into the recording because you get access to all of the um, recordings from all of the masterclasses that we've run over the last 18 months, just head over to the show notes, which is busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 37. Click on the link to shine, sign up, and then we can look forward to welcoming you into the Busy Business Women Shine tribe. So I'm super 
super stoked that you're going to be doing that masterclass doors. And I I know that I'm going to come away with an even longer to-do list as a result (laughs) of that. So thank you. Okay. So before we wrap things up, what are the top three quick SEO tips you can give to someone who is keen to ramp their SEO up ASAP? Um, I think the first thing is to have an audit done. So finding Mm -hmm. out what your current positioning is, because most times, um, again, when clients come to me, they're thinking they're going to get a bit of a rap on the knuckles, um, you know, in that they've not done enough. But most times they've got you know, a really good foundation, a really good starting point. And it's really just about building on top of their existing um, presence that they have online. So they don't give themselves enough credit for what they've already done to be oh, able to build up their <laughs> online presence. Yeah. So you're certainly not going to, um, yeah, again, get a wrap on the on the wrist or the knuckles. So doing that audit, um, finding out sort of where you're positioned, if you... Um, want to speak to an expert, you know, like myself and and get someone to do that audit for you, that would be something that I recommend. And most um, agencies or consultants will do that for you complimentary. So it's not something that um, unless they're kind of really digging into the back end of things, they can do a top level audit and yeah, it's not going to cost you big bucks. So that's a really great um, way to kind of kick off and and start um, looking at where you're currently based. So once you find out where you're currently based, then what I would do is start to look at um, a strategy and the plan for the next three months, six months and 12 months. So really working out what your business goals are and then starting to plot out the different things that you can do in order to work towards achieving those goals. So they're going to be things that happen short term, um, long term and then moving forward. Um, Again, something that you can keep track of and so you're not waking up the next day and thinking, I don't know where to begin. If If it's planned out and mapped out, um, then you can locate those particular things, you know, to yourself on that weekly, um, daily, you know, monthly basis. Um, and then the third thing that you need to do is ensure that, um, I guess, like you were saying, you know, going back and revisiting your data. So if you're using things like um, social media, so if you're using things like Facebook or Instagram, or you do have your website up and running and looking your information through things like Google Analytics um, to go back and actually revisit your data. And it doesn't need to be something that you have to specifically be an expert in Google Analytics or, you know, in in Facebook or things like that, but you're going to get information from the back end of those platforms um, that give you sort of an idea as to how things are tracking and where things are going. Um, And as you were saying, it's not just about getting, you know, that instant fuzziness and thinking, oh, it's working well. You've got to look at the data and you've got to look at those results in order to align where your bus is going and the direction that you're heading in. Um, So the audit, um, then from that, finding out, you know, where you're positioned, um, starting to create a bit of a strategy and a plan around your goals and what it is that you want to achieve and how your online, um, you know, presence can support that. Um, And then going back to the data that you have and, and sort of examining and seeing where things, you know, are headed and if they're not heading down the right track, then implementing those changes into your strategy and your plan. 
Great advice. And I love, you know, you're talking about the data or data, as I'd say it being. You you know, I think, uh, again, another generalisation, but, you know, people can be scared of those numbers. They don't know where to find them or they then don't know what to make of them when they find them. And it's just that you're outside of your comfort zone. So don't, uh, what I want to say there is encourage people to not let that put you off digging in and actually starting to understand them because once you do, they're really not that complicated and they, you know, carry so much gold within those numbers. So from a, you know, from a productivity ninja point of view, the last thing you want to be doing is spending a lot of time on things that actually aren't getting you a return. So once you get your head around those numbers, you can actually look to deter- determine where you might want to stop spending your time and where you might want to invest it differently as a result. But if you don't get your head around the numbers, you're never going to know that. Absolutely. And the other critical thing, I think one of the reasons why people stay away from the data or the data (laughs) is because they feel like they're going to break something. They feel like if they log into that aspect of the platform to look at where that information is coming through, that if they press the wrong button, they're going to break something. I can tell you that 99% of the time, if you're just in viewing mode and you're not editing or or doing those types of things, you're not going to break anything. It's okay. You can log in. It's your platform. It's your profile. It's your account, um, go into view mode and absolutely have a look at that information because we don't all wake up as experts. Mm. The only you know, reason and the only way that we get better at what we do and become experts in our field is through repetition. It's yep. through practice. Like the first time I logged into the back end of a Google Analytics account for a client, that was, I, I went into anxiety mode. I was like, I'm going to break something. Their <laughs> tracking is going to stop. I'm going to get a phone call. And guess what? I logged in and I didn't break anything and nothing <laughs> bad happened. Um, but I got acquainted. I made myself that cup of tea and I started to click around and I'm like, this isn't as hard as what it's been made out to be that I made out to be so we usually create these barriers in our own heads we think oh that's way too techie um I don't have expertise or or experience in it. Well, you know what? Most of us didn't wake up knowing how Google Analytics works. You've got to log in and start to have a bit of a look and a play around and get yourself accustomed, get yourself comfortable in there. It's your data. It's your business. It's your information. Don't let anybody else have more insight and control over that information than you. Because you have to control that. You have to tell that bus, I'm going to this next stop at this, you know, next station, but you're the only person that can do that. So don't ever just hand, you know, those those reins over to somebody else thinking, oh, that, that can be someone else's thing. You need to have a level of understanding so that you can be that driver of your bus. Don't ever let anyone else, you know, drive that for you. I love that we've got this bus analogy going on the whole yeah. way through now. It's awesome. <laughs> And also, I think I'm a firm believer in if stuff's got too techy and it's scaring the bejesus out of you, just go on a course, right? Yeah. Go and do a couple of hours course just to get your head around a couple of key things that are going to help it make, make it easier for you to look at the Google Analytics or whatever yeah. it is that you're looking at. Just invest in yourself because it's investing in your own sanity and you'll feel much happier when you log in and know vaguely what you're doing and have a starting point. Don't let your lack of knowledge be the thing that just stops you from doing that. Absolutely. And you don't have to be an expert in it. There are so many things that you can do. If you know how to use Facebook, 
Facebook, if you know how to use Instagram, if you know how to do email marketing, if you've got a website, logging into the back end of something like Google Analytics is really not that dramatic or that sort of bigger deal. It's just the mental blocks that we create because we're associating that particular platform with someone who is techie or savvy or an expert in that field. And and I'm here to tell you that that's absolute BS and you you can log in, you can have a, a dip your toes into the water and you're not going to break anything. High I five, sister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I feel like we could just talk literally Forever. for hours. We're going to need to wrap things up in a moment. So I always like to finish a podcast with, I, I really like inspiring quotes and I wondered if there was a quote or a mantra that you love using that, um, you know, keeps you focused or moving along in your business. Yes. So Audrey Hepburn is is up there uh, with one of my idols. I absolutely love her to bits and pieces, but hers is the nothing is impossible. So the word itself says I'm possible. Yes. I love love that. And it's always resonated. Yes. Always resonated with me. And I just think, you know, today might be, you know, go down a certain sort of path and might be a particular type of day, but every day is a new day. So it's okay if today, you know, sucked or wasn't so great, but you can wake up tomorrow and start to, you know, look at things from a different perspective, understand what you've learned um, from those, you know, particular lessons and, and just, you know, take it on and move forward, but just keep moving forward. So that was a quote that, yeah, I absolutely loved because I think you can transform, um, you know, from something, you know, this small into something this big um, if you just keep moving forward and and think that, yeah, it is actually possible. I'm not going to let, you know, external things sort of get in my way. I'm determined and I'm focused and I'm going to, you know, stick to my plan and keep moving forward. I love it. I love your energy. I love the way that you think and your mindset. You know, you've talked about consistency, talked about things being temporary, just keep taking one step after another, the bite-sized pieces. You're totally yep. my kind of lady. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on today, Gauls. Like, I think we could have talked for hours. It would be great to do some kind of workshop or, you know, I've been banding the word retreat around a lot lately, but I see lots I love of- it. Yeah, I think that there's legs with that idea, but I'll come back to you on that one. So listeners, if you would love to get in contact with Doors and follow the fabulous work that she's doing, all of her details are conveniently in one place for you in the show notes, which you can find by going to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 37. And when you head over to the show notes, you'll also be able to download a super valuable freebie that Doors has put up for us, which is the most common sorry, the five most common SEO mistakes. So all you need to do is head over to uh, the show notes, click on the links to go to Doors' website, and you can go and grab that freebie and download it instantly. So you can also find Doors at doreenbrown.com.au. She's on Facebook, Doreen Brown Consulting, and Instagram is Doreen underscore Brown underscore Consulting. But as I said, they will all be in the show notes, busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 37. Dawes, it's been epic. You've given us so much gold and so much food for thought. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for giving up your valuable time. We really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to leave us with before I let you go? Oh, just thank you so much for having me and being able to highlight this particular topic um, because I know that some people, as soon as they hear the word SEO, um, they get a little bit scared or a little bit frightened. But yeah, to, to be able to have this platform to share that it's not scary, it's not um, overwhelming 
overwhelming and, you know, just being able to break it down into those little chunks and having a plan um, that it is really something that any business can do no matter what size or shape and you can, yeah, you know, start doing that today. So thank you for for letting me have this um, time and I really do appreciate it. Total pleasure. Kit butt kicked in the Faye. <laughs> the Faye in the Faye. Faye's butt has been kicked today. I can't wait for your masterclass because I know that I'm going to learn a huge amount from that. I'm also going to, it's going to be the springboard for me that I really needed to start looking at my website. So thank you because awesome. um, it's been very self-serving today, I have to admit. <laughs> I've saying that, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Um, so Thanks, Faye. Thank you to Doors for joining me today. Uh, listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to head over to iTunes, please, and leave a review for Doors and I and let us know what you loved and what you learned. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on the Facebook and Instagram pages. I'm at Busy Business Women and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my unoptimized website, busybusinesswomen.biz. Not for long though. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next week with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, you've been listening to Doors Brown and Faye Hollands and you've been listening to Busy Business Women podcast. Bye-bye.